Hello, I'm Howard and welcome to the 9320 Review Podcast, the show that can't see a United game this midweek. Some mistake, surely. Sort it out, Barada. Uh, we're looking back at City win 3-1, again, to have one foot, hopefully, in the next round of the Champions League. To talk about the match and a whole lot more besides, I'd like to be joined by Asan and a special celebrity appearance, it's Silent Witnesses, Steve Tudor. Good oh, morning, what? chaps. What's that about? <laughs> I've never seen know. it. No. You're in. You are in series 27 of <laughs> Silent Witness, played by Neil Pearson uh, for two episodes, D.I.S.D. Tudor. So really? It's great to have wow. you on board. <laughs> what a wow. reference, Howard. Yeah. <laughs> You know what the only other Steve Tudor I was aware of was of Family Fortunes, and you know when they did that compilation of stupid answers, he's on that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I only know because well, I've seen Neil Pearson as well. Drop the dead donkey live yeah, yeah. tour. <laughs> So it's all segued nicely into you being on Silent Witness as well, which I've never watched either, to be honest. So yeah, oh, that's so weird. I'm you might have, have to watch it. Well, no, you don't have to watch it really because it's it doesn't really matter what his name is. Anyway, how are you doing, Steve? I'm very good, thank you very much. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad at all. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed last night, as we'll we'll get to that, won't we? So we will. It was nice the morning after. So we've got to be quick as well because I've got some cases to solve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you're only in two episodes, so I don't know how involved you are. I don't know. Yeah, sounds like someone who's coming from another force, perhaps. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna get killed off, and he he just know it. Uh. You know, he'll be you know he'll be divorced with a yes. oh, yeah. <laughs> a drinking problem, no doubt. <laughs> just yes, I'll have to check it out just to see. You now, so hey, son, how are you? I'm really good, really good. I also yeah. enjoyed uh, I enjoyed last night. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I have to say right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, re- I'm I'm genuinely ready to talk about the game. Right. Well, we've just got seven other things to talk about first, though. <laughs> no, but just uh, stay. I asked Ace on this. Uh, on, well, it would have been a review, wouldn't it, uh, earlier this week. Uh, were you looking forward to the return to the Champions League? I was absolutely looking forward to it. I was ready for it. We're in really good form, good shape. Um, got some momentum behind us. C- can I just ask, by the way, this is like, now it's different. I know it's 12 games, but going into last night's game, we were 11 games unbeaten. But everyone from, like, you know, BT to Sam Lee to, to you, Howard, you've focused on, is it nine wins? Yeah. I think I think 11 games unbeaten is better than nine. It's The number's higher. Which, where mm. do you fall on that? No, because at our level, you just got to be winning, haven't you? Yeah. Again. I think that, that 11 includes that Crystal Palace. Does it include the Crystal Palace match? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's 11 games. Well, I'm people. happy to side that out of any stats, basically, so I don't okay. have to think about that. Match. Hey, Sam, where do you, what, what do you prefer? 11 unbeaten or nine wins? Poor. 11 unbeaten. I think so, too. Yeah, that's what I've been doing when I've been writing about it, but everyone mm. else has gone for the, the nine wins, so maybe no, you're wrong. I, I, I don't I, know. I, I, I like the, uh, I, I think unbeaten is important. Yeah, uh, obviously yeah. W- consecutive wins are important, but I think that if you think if you sort of think about, well, for me anyway, if I think about the title and the bigger picture, then uh, the longer that you go unbeaten, the better. It gets even more complicated now, though, because now it's ten wins, so now it's in double figures. <laughs> 12, 
Yeah, yeah. I'd probably err towards the 10 wins now. But anyway, to answer your question, Howard, I was very much looking forward to it. Um, We're in good shape and knockouts, Champions League, yes, please. That's mm, what it's all about. It's business yeah. end now. It's like it's the start, not. is it not? Uh, for the last, again, said on the, on the preview as well, it's like this is the last time you'll have this break, I think, before the knockout stages because it gets mm. longer now, doesn't it? So, it's well into January uh, next year, yeah. It feels like the beginning of the running now. You know, the final few laps of the season starts mm-hmm. from the knockout stage to the Champions League. Uh, uh, it could be undefeated in 11 and draw them all, though, Steve. And I'll, I'll be honest, if we <laughs> draw 11 games on the bounce, I wouldn't be that happy about that <laughs> That's a relegation point. form for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep winning, I say. Uh, hey, son, I went into this match much more relaxed than I did the Everton match. Does that make sense to you? Um yeah, I can kind of understand why because obviously it's a it's a two legged tie. So yeah. you know you'd have to do pretty badly to uh to be to feel like you're out after tonight. Yeah. But I would I would say that or out after last night, but I would say the flip side of that is that um I had one eye on Copenhagen's record in the group stage and I actually caught a couple of their games as well. And I I, I went into last night feeling as though we'd need to be the best version of ourselves um, to come away with a win, if I'm being honest. I, I almost... I almost fe- I, I, didn't want, I don't want to go so far as to say potential banana skin, but it had a little bit of the vibes of if they come out and they're strong and they're really good and they play the way that they have done in the group stage, they will give us a game. And I also felt as though it would be a really good test and a really good barometer of where we are in our own sort of form and, and, and almost like the evolution of the team over the course of the season, because I kind of know Pep and when it comes to champions league knockouts and away games, you feel as though you're going to get effectively the best 11. That whatever whatever happens, that first leg away from home, he's picking a team and he's not going to deviate too much from it for the rest of the the campaign. So I was definitely interested to see one, what team he picked, and then two, how they actually put it together and how they perform. Um, but yeah, to go back to your initial question, I do understand why you were more relaxed going into last night than than the Everton game because... It's Everton wasn't a must win, but it was a must win. Must win, if you know what I mean. Mm. So, stay the team, kind of an old school best eleven, or a new school best eleven. Well, very much a new school. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it makes a nice change. You know what? Just while we're, we're talking about the lineup, I want to look at the subs bench um, because it was really talked up last night on the telly about how we've got a full strength squad and you know we're back to our best and, and all our formidable array of options. It's true, we, we had no injuries going into last night's game, but then we still had four young... Well, yeah, we, okay, we had one, Gavardio, but um, four youngsters on the bench, even mm. with like just one injury, you know, as in the best shape that we could possibly hope for, really, realistically, at this stage of the season, four youngsters still on the bench. This is not a strong squad as regards to numbers, and yet it's always betrayed as such. And it, wrongly so, and that, that that gets under my skin. I have to say, but going back to the lineup, yeah, it was full strength. Exactly, it was one of those rare occasions where you could predict the lineup. Um, there was a couple of obviously fifty-fifty calls, but 
like Grealish being one, but we, we were all under the impression that Grealish was going to start. Um, and yeah, it, it was like, a, well, yeah, you're right, actually, it was old school, because this was very much a, a lineup from last season. Yeah, sorry, I wasn't dicking you out. I've actually put it in the notes that uh, well, I've be, was beat. Yeah, the artist formerly known as BT, now TNT. <laughs> <laughs> And the apps on Discovery Plus, they're just, I can't explain, it's all over the place. How do you watch these games? That Discovery Plus app is absolutely atrocious as well, if you try and look at that. It just throws you out. Anyway, yeah, Laura Wood said, yeah, well, she's brilliant, by the way, brilliant presenter, the fully fit squad for City. Well, it's not. Kovacic and Gvardio will out, so it's not a fully fit squad. That's two big players. And, of course, we'll get to, and then Rio Ferdinand will, basically openly admitting he was supporting Copenhagen. I mean, I'd expect him to, but I also expect him to do his job properly and be and pretend to be impartial. So, anyway, mm. I've had that uh, yeah, dig now. He's, he's, he's got form for that, hasn't he? And you can go right back to 2016, 17, was it? The um, quarterfinal against PSG, where mm. he tweeted, tweeted in the daytime come on psg we're all behind you tonight um and then you know did the co-coms that evening uh it's pretty disgraceful if you ask me i mean imagine the city supporting person in the media doing that before a liverpool match we're getting death threats so yeah anyway hey son i assume you were happy with the team as well yeah i mean it was the uh it was the team i expected the team i hoped for um i think what I what I want to see for the rest of the season is the inclusion of KDB, Foden, Bernardo, and Rodri in in almost every game. And as long as those four are there, I feel good because mm. there's enough football, like pure football, between those four that you can implement. Guardiola's style of play really, really well and really effectively. Um, and I've been quite critical in the past of of some of the lineups because I've felt as though they're quite counterintuitive in terms of the way Pep likes to control the ball and control the game. So yeah, no, I was I was really delighted with the uh with the lineup. Okay, let's get to the football. Uh stay or start with you. Welcome to the theatre of nightmares, apparently. Mm booing every touch for the city players uh i knew that won't last long it's just too exhausting to the crowd to be doing that uh but it didn't bother the city players at all fair to say early stages that was complete and utter domination just what you wanted to see yes on the opening whistle well the opening whistle was accompanied by a chorus of whistles and you think okay they're gonna love this for city lads just keep keep play keep ball quiet in the crowd and that, that was the most fascinating detail of the first 10 minutes of how they did that how they went about doing that um, and how the, the, the level of a whistling just gradually went down and down because they got bored of doing so because yeah. we hadn't seen it possession for 10 minutes um yeah we are the grandmasters of that that is that old cliche about us you know learning on the go in europe and getting better and better as a consequence that's a big factor i think how to quieten fans away from home um yeah, it, it's bread and butter for, for these City lads. And, you know, I know I'm stereotyping here, but I'm stereotyping in a good way. Um, there's a really good book uh, called A Year of Living Danishly. And um, I, I've got a really good vibes about Denmark. I really like that country. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you see them kind of trying to be intimidating and then you see their players try and play like Millwall, 
you're trying to kid in Denmark, you're Copenhagen. You're about as <laughs> threatening as a, as a radiator, for God's sake. Um, so, yeah, that's how I felt about it. Yeah, I... You, it's, hard, it's hardly Galatasaray, is it? You know what I mean? Copenhagen. No, I, it always makes me think of Anfield, and it's like, it's true, it intimidates Anfield, intimidates opposition players, and I can't work out why, because, again, it's not Galatasaray, is it? You never feel threatened. It's just... I guess it's the impact of noise, really, and mm. you know, shouting, and you know, and perhaps uh, putting the referee under pressure and all that. And yeah, I don't know, as if I've ever played at anywhere near any level to to judge. Uh, collector's item, I said, of a, a free header for Kevin De Bruyne in front of goal. <laughs> he did do a very good job. And actually, about his hair, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Well, I said if he'd been if he'd shaved it all off before the match, he'd have got that one. But maybe not. It's probably not his. Yeah, everyone's got an Achilles heel, and I wouldn't know because I haven't seen many of them. I guess heading for Kevin De Bruyne is probably it. And then Ake, of course, after the shot was saved, uh, just behind him when it looked like he couldn't miss virtually on the line. Did it feel like a goal was inevitable to you, or did it feel frustrating that we were missing these chances? No, I think I think that the performance uh, from the whistle was just excellent, really high level. I think one of the things you've got to do is control the ball to try and control the opposition and control the crowd as much as you can and i think we did we did all of those things and we were you know you know when city are in their groove when 10 minutes in you're going oh that's two or three clear chances that we've had there um because there are games and there's been enough games where you get to 20 and you feel like we've not really created anything here even if we've had a lot of the ball and that sort of distinction between anemic possession and and possession with a purpose i think is really important and and no it was it was just really 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 impressive um the balance was really really good uh yeah i was i was really curious as to whether I don't, obviously, it was a completely different team at the weekend. And I, I was pretty critical of the way that they'd played. And I was curious to see whether this team would come out with a purpose. And it felt like they did come out with a purpose. Um, and some of the some of the passing and the movement and the, you know, I, maybe we'll do this later, but I want to do it now. I've I've been really critical of of Ruben Diaz this season. I think it was one of his best games of the season last night. Mm. Similarly with Walker, I've been really critical of Walker and Walker now going back two, three, four games is really beginning to to show the best version of himself. And so what that gives you is it gives you a, an incredible amount of stability defensively. And when Diaz is on it, then it gives you another distributor from the back you really need that for us to be at our best particularly when you're playing with Phil and with Grealish where uh, they're both on the wings but they're control wingers so there's going to be a lot of them facing backwards yeah so then what you need is you need the defenders making big switches and playing the ball quickly crisply sharply and accurately and from the off all of that was happening Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our content, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.